right from birth, we're given a wooden traditional acrostic in our cradle board. And when we pass on, we're given one in our coffin. So as you can see, right from birth to death, what cross is with us from a spiritual standpoint. Dance, hello, and welcome to the Matriarch Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Shayla Olette Stonechild, and I'm super excited to have with me here today, Jeremy Thompson. If you're not an avid sports fan, you might not be familiar with how significant lacrosse is to North American culture. It's one of the most popular sports on the continent, but it's more than just a game. Lacrosse comes with important indigenous history, and for many of its athletes, it's medicine. Jeremy Thompson is one of these athletes. Him and his brothers have played at the highest levels of the game, becoming the family sports fans think of when it comes to lacrosse. In fact, people have traveled across the continent to see them play. To quote just one of the articles that feature them, when the Thompson brothers take the lacrosse field, you can always expect something special to happen. So Jeremy is one of the oldest brothers and hails from the Anandaga Nation. And today he is now bringing awareness to his culture through lacrosse. Jeremy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. If you just want to introduce yourself, super excited to have you here. Yeah, no, thanks, Shayla. It's definitely a pleasure, you know, since uh, we've we've crossed paths, and you know, it's been an honor. And obviously, with everything that you uh, that you do, and I think that when you you get two artists that come together and being able to amplify, like you've mentioned, and just you know, those those voices is something important. But uh, my traditional given name is Gaiakwa uh, Gaihit, which means the sun is leaning. Also from Dunedin Nation, it's part of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. I guess in a sense, lacrosse has been, you know, a livelihood. It's been, a, um, you know, part of my culture and part of my people for centuries, since the beginning of time. And that time goes before, you know, humans were put here on earth um, is where that original story comes from. That that kind of leads me into my first question is sometimes people don't know really what they're doing on their journey or what they want to become. And I feel like for you, it's kind of like you kind of knew where you wanted to go right from right from the birth, right from the get-go because of your family. Is that kind of true? Like, how did lacrosse get introduced to you? Yeah, so obviously, like I, I just mentioned, you know, lacrosse is a part of our, our, our bloodline. It's a part of our heritage, our culture. And, you know, people always ask about the medicine. They wonder about what is the medicine. And the medicine really is essentially you. And when you're born into this world, you're born with many bearing gifts. And there's a whole process when it comes to how lacrosse is introduced. Um, we have a process, how I've mentioned in the beginning about how I introduced myself and my traditional given name. There's a special day for our naming our children. It's really a ceremony, a just for them kids, for them to, um, for the rest of the world. And this is what we're going to acknowledge them as, um, you know, so it's been a huge opportunity that's right there, been there for me, right there in my community. There's a message right from the beginning of how everything starts in the community um, and that naming process and that's naming that maybe that child's going to become a good singer. Uh, to carry on some of the songs of the culture. Maybe he'll become a good dancer. Um, maybe he'll become a good uh, speaker to carry on some of those traditions. And one of the last things when that child is put up is that maybe he's going to carry on the spirit or the traditions of this game that the creator had sent down to the people purely as entertainment to entertain the people, to to cure and to, um, to help them through their lives if they may need it. Because that's essentially what this game, why we, what we understand it and why it has come down because it entertained the creator, his mind and his well-being, and they entertained him when these people came together, this community sense an individual to um, people on your team, the opposing team, community members, female, male, everyone has a purpose. And really, every spring, we're reminded of that. 
So when we come together in the springtime, in a sense, when everything has come from hibernation over the winter months, um, it's that sense that we're going to renew ourselves, we're going to renew our, refreshing our minds, our bodies, and our spirit. And that's how we do it as a lacrosse bird born into this world, right? From birth, we're given a wooden traditional acrostic in our cradle board. And when we pass on, we pass on to the next world, we're given one in our coughing. So as you can see, right, from birth to death, um, lacrosse is with us from a spiritual standpoint. You know, I, I consider myself very fortunate, me and my family, because, you know, we were a very close-knit close knit family uh, when it came to spending time. Well, it's one of my dad's, my parents' biggest models is that the best thing that you can give a person is your time because that time can't be taken back. It's eye to eye. It's that energy that you're exchanging with that person. You know, so for me, my parents, um, you know, giving us that time and that time out in the backyard and backyard lacrosse ball was where it kind of started. And we didn't have electricity growing up until I was about 13, 12 or 13 years old. So I guess when it came to the evolution of our lacrosse development, that hand-eye coordination, eye-to-eye with our parents and with my brothers and my one sister was something that was, you know, immensely um, interconnected, interwoven, you know. So that's kind of how it started out, you know, from a family sense. And, you know, my dad, we I didn't start reading right English language until I was in fifth grade. I got put into a public school. So before that, it was just like learning our culture language, you know, that's what we spoke. You know, how it's going now is, you know, we kind of simply you know, essentially just use lacrosse as a vehicle to get myself an education. Me and my brother's lacrosse obviously got me graduated from high school, went on to college. Um, you know, once I graduated college, a whole bunch of things, you know, blew up into endorsements, lacrosse, obviously lacrosse. You mentioned lacrosse being a worldwide sport. It's the fastest growing sport in North America and, and essentially the world, you know. So there's in a sense there once I graduated, you know, obviously a bunch of lacrosse endorsement companies as you, you know, you get into the industry, you know, you're able to kind of create items and stuff and live this freelance life and, and be yourself, essentially tell stories. So that's how it was when we first, I first signed up with, you know, got an endorsement with Nike and also being able to just live, breathe, eat and lacrosse, live lacrosse. I uh, didn't have to worry about anything else. And I've been very fortunate, lucky, you know, to be able to live, breathe, eat lacrosse um, in that sense and um, have opportunities, different opportunities come in that. And all along that, I realized that drugs and alcohol led me in, I guess, cycles. Like it kept me going through repetitive cycles that I was kind of like, almost like a, you're going to describe it as like a hurricane. Like I was like kind of lost in a way and I kept repeating things and repeating. And so obviously you hit rock bottom. You know, there's just one day I was at my, I can I remember the exact date, exact month and, and day time and what the color was outside. And yeah, it was just a beautiful thing. It just something had struck me, had been trying for years to try to break it, to try to stop. And it was just so hard. Um, but obviously you have a break point. And um, for me, it was just um, simple, uh, but yet so hard. I went into fasting and then, you know, it became part of some other ceremony and whatnot. And essentially what that taught me was to kind of, you know, it just really healed myself, you know. So I Eventually from there, I went into, you know, counseling, you know, I learned to let things go through counseling and let counseling be okay. Because growing up, it was like, no, you don't go to counseling or you don't do that. You don't talk, you don't talk about your things. So I really learned so much things as, as, as a parent, you know, I took all these extra courses to just be a better person, better human being. Um, and I find when you have peace, you're able to open things up. You're a lot more loving, caring, and compassion. And, you know, as a male, 
uh, a male human being in this lifetime, you know, it's, it's, it's only makes sense, perfect sense that as an individual, that's what we all do when we come to this world. We all, you know, shed a tear and cry and let those tears out. And, you know, I've come to learn to like be open to be open to my feelings and acknowledge my feelings to my parents and whoever it is, you know, I'm a really open person now. I feel like I've, you know, since I've been on this 11 year journey, 11 years of sobriety, um, without drugs and alcohol, it's been a really incredible thing. I've opened up, you know, seed, rematriation, planting, foods, gardens, and all this hunting, harvesting. Just, it's almost like our, our way of life. I've been indigenous people. We live by the seasons as far as what I've been gathered through my community and some of my elders that have told me we live by the seasons, what, what lived in those seasons. And, you know, tapping into that has been something incredible for me. You know, I was kind of showing that growing up. My father showed me, my dad hunt, hunted, but he also worked. My grandfather, he hunted, trapped, and, and it made that all those things out in nature. What we're kind of like, I guess, called to do as, you know, indigenous people, like be connected to land, be connected to ceremony. I guess in a sense, like long story short, for me, um, lacrosse has been that main bundle. And along that journey, um, it's been this, you know, incredible vessel to create this peace within myself and walk in a humble way. I just feel, uh, you know, I, f- I feel it right now. You know, <laughs> goosebumps, you know, it's just something that, you know, just talking about it. And that's, you know, that's, I feel like that's just life in general. When you're able to feel like that you're being human and to know that you're real, uh, when you can feel certain situations and, 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 and whatnot. And just at the end of it, it's just really being conscious and aware of your surroundings and yourself, most importantly, because, yourself you got to take care of yourself before you can kind of have that be a ripple effect out into your life i just see myself as a small piece to something so much greater um you know so i've I've opened i've opened myself up to things like that when people reach out and want to do things and you know someone wants a simple answer a fan or whatever the case may be you know i'll look into it because what's one of the greatest things that my grandfather told me was that wherever your travels or your opportunities take you always be content about where that might take you because there might be an opportunity and there that might be of service for yourself or the rest of the world you never know where it's going to lead you it sounds like like lacrosse really gave you a purpose and it sounds like it was almost a vision like you said from creator but also from like the generations before you and so now that you're reclaiming the culture and the sport itself it feels like your spirit is now living its purpose and like obviously we go through cycles of turbulence whether that be through substance abuse or maybe a breakup it's like it really comes down to sacrifice too it's like are you ready to go to the next level of your own spirit of your own career of your own journey are you going to just keep repeating these same patterns that maybe even your own parents repeated and so it's like how can we start to break these cycles so that we can become who we're meant to be on this journey and it sounds like lacrosse really has not only supported you but your family and i know across the world many people still fail to recognize like the true history of lacrosse and where it's come from. And even myself before meeting you, like I honestly didn't know much about the game. And so I'm wondering like, how would you introduce lacrosse to someone that has no idea about the game? Really it's, um, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood. It's a familyhood, and it's a sense. It's, um, it's a sport. What we're trying to do is create peace. There is a creation story behind it. And, you know, as a lot of our stories are created, they're created from that higher being, that higher power and where everything has kind of come from. It literally down to our creation story as human existence. Um, that story started out in the sky world as we believe in the way I understand it. There was this game being played amongst the 
grounded animals and the winged animals. And the grounded animals was the bear, the turtle, the fox. And another team, you had the hawk, you had the heron. And so they had, there was this game going on. There was a big debate on where they wanted to put the bat because the bat had wings. They said, no, you have to be on that team because you have wings. And the winged animals were like, no, you have fur. So they wanted to put them on team. So there was this big debate. So the game went on. There's, you know, you, you see all these different perspectives and strengths and weaknesses and stuff. Each animal had a strength, such as the bear. You know, he was probably not the fastest, but maybe he could, you know, catch anything with his hand. The eagle, he could probably narrow in with his, the best, because he, he had the best eyesight. The turtle, he was the goalie. He could withstand hard blows, you know, in a sense. <laughs> You know, so long story short, the bat was on the winged animals. They decided to be on the winged wing animals team. You know, the game's being played on. Everyone's, there's this intense game being played. And no one wasn't passing the ball. He was just like, he was open every time. So finally, he kind of gets hold of that ball. And he was untouchable. He was so swift and smooth in the air where he was untouchable. So the game was going on. He had a couple shots, opportunities to kind of make a play. And the game games comes down tied to tied, and he gets the game winning scored, game winning goal. You know he's weaving through everyone. He gets it. He was untouchable. He gets the winning game winning goal. So everyone, there's his team celebrating, even other teams celebrating because they doubted him. They it just goes to show that you can't doubt or judge a person by the looks of him, the size of him. You know, so in a sense, that story kind of tells that um, each one of those animals bring a different strength, and that everyone in life brings a different strength, and that they have many bearing tools in their back pocket to dig out and it's up to you as an individual to kind of find that and seek that in life to go through the hardships to go through whatever it is that you need to go through just like how that story kind of shaped out that each one of those animals brought a different perspective uniqueness a specialty and it just showed me that the uh that the smallest creature out there got the game winning goal no one could touch him he was untouchable <laughs> yeah so that's how that story kind of goals that was told yeah i i didn't know about the the creation story of that so thanks for sharing and it kind of relates back to what you were, you first said of lacrosse being a game and a sport of brotherhood and having connected to lacrosse through your own brothers like how has that deepened your relationship to your family like how does that feel being like the brothers that are known to play lacrosse like how has that um strengthened your brotherhood with your own family we we have always been like I mentioned. We have always been close knitted from just being spending time with each other in the backyard. I think the one thing that's really solidified a big difference in our lives and how we're connected with one another because lacrosse was always that it was kind of like the whole family medicine. Even my parents and my sister, if it was we we're going to the grocery store, everyone went. Um, everyone would bring their sticks. If we went to the laundromat, it was you know it was in that sense you can see that this, that tightness that we had as a family. So that was always there. I think the one thing that really sticks out to me as being the oldest brother was just the healing, taking care of our own traumas and our own messes that we that had been created by the society that we live in today. Because obviously, I don't I don't blame my parents one bit. I mean, I did back when I first started my journey, healing journey. But like, it it really kind of made sense to me and how it's really not their fault at all. And neither is it my fault. The best thing that I can do is continue to create those boundaries and create that that everlasting vibe, that good vibe that the creator gave us all, that love and care and compassion to us and just continue to carry that and build that and store that in to the deepest parts of yourself. And, you know, through the whole peace thing that I've created, you know, that, you know, spreads out into your whole well-being. So I think in a sense, again, I see how I kind of led the way for that because being the oldest brother, because like I said, like how counseling was, that came from my parents. They're like, oh, you don't need to go to that. You don't need to do that. 
we kind of didn't support each other in that way. So as you can see, we supported each other physically, but I guess that mental and spiritual was kind of like missing as a family. And there was that hurt that was there. So I think that once we took care of that other department, things are starting to come full circle for me. Like I've been in and out of counseling for the last like eight years. And, you know, now my brothers are doing it now. My youngest brother's doing it. My sister's done it, you know, and my parents are taking care of themselves, looking after themselves. So as you can see, it's really now that I'm older and they have grandparents now, and now that all of us have kids and children, it's been this huge uh, abundance of um, blessings, showering of blessings amongst all of us. You know, not that things were beautiful before. It was beautiful to have family and so this tightness, but it's really like come together and like just comfortability and, you know, just being able to be safe touch and just healthy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Healthy relationships. Well, and it sounds like you've really balanced out like the medicine wheel within your own family. And I can relate to your story being like the older sister and having gone through the my trials and like trying to like pave the way for my brothers so that they don't have to go through the same things that I went through. But it can also feel like a lot of responsibility when you're the oldest sibling. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take on too much and it's like, it's not my responsibility to heal like the whole bloodline like it really has to be about relationships and like I guess modeling like the behavior that you wish to see in others but that was my next question is like oftentimes on social media or if you're being featured we often see this highlight reel of people's careers and we don't actually know what's happening like behind the scenes and you know having been on an 11 year sobriety journey are there moments in your career or in your journey or in your life when you feel like lethargic or depleted or maybe like what are ways that you reclaim your connection to your spirit when you may be feeling a little bit not balanced, I guess? I haven't felt like this. I mean, it's crazy. I haven't felt like this in a while. And I just closed off a four-year, eight-year Sundance ceremony. And I guess in a sense, I feel like I've created all this peace through my fasting and Sundance ceremonies and my own ceremonies and myself have given me that and they've given me everything that I need and it's just about maintaining. So I guess like I'm doing what I like to do that I want to do. I feel happy. I feel content in everything and every choices that I do. And, and for the most part, I'm patient. I feel like I'm not so responsive. I don't jump at things. I'm more inducive to be more to think about it, to sit on it, to think about it, have a vision about it, dream about it, sit on it for a couple of nights and see what comes from it. The dream comes through with it. If a uh, feeling or if someone if a dream comes in from someone else to answer your question truthfully i feel like that's what's giving me i feel like i've given through all my my tools through counseling through ceremony it's giving me everything that i need to and it's just really about honing in and doing that every day because i feel like every day you have to cut ties i guess it's been an ongoing thing through this whole journey this healing journey and really life in general you always it's like you said being the oldest brother or being the oldest sibling you take on certain things and sometimes you just, you have to have, you create boundaries for yourself. You have to know when enough's enough and that I can only do so much. I got to be myself. And that's the most important thing to realize is that you had to be patient with that, that that's going to come around full circle somewhere. And now the best thing you can do is prayer to pray and have pity on people. You're probably most hated people and you're most liked people in your life. I've learned to just like, I see you doing it. You know, you're well on it with just like some of your stuff you do through yoga through just through acknowledging, you know, putting your hand on your heart, on your stomach, and just meditation has been a huge, incredible thing in my life. Uh, just to sit and take five, you know, because it's like 
this world just wants us to go like this, like, you know, jumping, jump, jump, on and go, on and go, on and go. And it's like, I, I honestly think that's not how we lived our lifestyles back in, you know, way back before colonial times. Just that settled into me and I've just learned that that's what I have to do to look after me most importantly. And then that way I can take care of others and, and, and my practices. Yeah, I think like you have definitely, it sounds like you have maintained like a continuous, like a discipline, like you have discipline when it comes to ceremony, you have discipline when it comes to your tool belt. And that's what keeps you connected to your journey into your higher self. And I think it also comes with a lot of confidence in where you are, because I think for people like the impatience is like when you feel like you're not doing enough. And so I think like also, I think you're very confident in like your journey and who you are right now. So that probably is also why you're not feeling like you have to rush so much. <laughs> but for those people yeah. that are wanting <laughs> to like, wanting to get into lacrosse for maybe wanting to check out like how to get into the game of sport, what would your advice be to the younger indigenous athletes out there? I think number one, what I always say to every kid is I feel like you're at your best is when your fire is lighting the best in yourself. And, you know, um, I wish I would have known all this stuff back then because I think I actually know I would have been a better, faster, more IQ, faster shot, harder, harder runner in my respective sport. I would have been just overall better athlete. Um, but obviously, you know, things happen the way they do. And I just think that that's how superhero, super all-star guys do certain things on the field or whatever. They're able to bring out their gift, but obviously that gift isn't perfect. They can, they have flaws and I think that's just life in general. So I, I always like to kind of start off with that, but if they're willing and wanting to try lacrosse, it's really similar to the sports of basketball, just the movements, the pick and rolls, um, the up and down, consistent up and down 30 shot, 30, 30 shot clock that's in play. Um, and then it's played in hockey arenas. It's played on football fields. So in a sense, it's really a running game. Um, they say it's the fastest game on two feet. I think that the sport is growing. It's growing um, overseas now, especially at the World Games and just different, you know, even South America and whatnot too in those areas. Um, but obviously in North America, Turtle Island here, it's been, you know, pretty predominantly East Coast dominant, but it's kind of made its way across from east coast to west coast yeah that was gonna be my next question on like how the game has now shifted over the years because i know before there has been a lot of like discrimination maybe racism within the sports within the game of the cross and i read one of your articles recently of how it's now become more inclusive and so how has the game kind of shifted from when you first started to now and like what do you see the vision of lacrosse like becoming like how can people support your vision moving forward yeah, I think the biggest difference maker for us as Indigenous people was probably the Every Child's Matter with everything, what all the findings of that, the grave findings. I think that really put a marker on everything across the table for non-Indigenous people to take recognition and to acknowledge that we are here and that, you know, like we said, we're not going anywhere and that we're a people and that we're still of existence. So I think that's one thing that's really helped our sport and because there was actually this interaction with um, that happened in 2019 Games, World Games, where Ireland stepped in. And why they stepped in was because there was something that happened way back with the potato famine where our people, indigenous community in Oklahoma area, somewhere down that way in the southern tier down there, gave Ireland, sent Ireland some food when they were going to the potato famine over in Ireland. So there was this like early on like, care and compassion thing where they looked after them as people from one nation to another nation across the seas so obviously 
the people from Ireland never forgot that. And when they heard that the Iroquois, the Haudenosaunee Nationals weren't allowed into the World Games. And the reason why there's this whole fight behind the World Games is because they don't want to recognize the whole passport issue and our treaties. So obviously Ireland helped support and back that up with that act of like, hey, we're not going to the World Games. We're going to step out and we're going to give the Haudenosaunee Nationals our spot. Wow. You know, things happen for a reason and, and you wonder why didn't it happen, you know, years past. And now it's like becoming more inclusive in different uh, parts of the world. Like, you know, and obviously in Ireland, Germany, I know a lot of those countries over overseas got really support and really look up to us. They, they think of us highly. It sounds like there's a lot of kinship, like from across the world. I don't know much about like the treaty rights or like how that affects the game of lacrosse. Like, how does that relate to the game of lacrosse? So, so how that relates is that us Onondaga Nation, we're the only nation that don't accept outside interaction, I guess, uh, governance or money or anything like that. But what we're fighting for, since we're the only nation left, we're fighting for the rest of the Confederacy to let them know that we're a people, that we still have our, our ceremonies, because that's really our treaty was in the beginning that we, as long as that we take care of our ceremonies and we're still a governance of people, um, I don't know if you know this, this is information, but like you know, how the, the government of the U.S. was uh, modeled after the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and how the things are set up. So in a sense, they don't want to, by them not allowing us into the World Games, they're not recognizing our passport. That's what it is because we, we have to be... Uh, so it's um, kind of like trying to stimulate you to either choose like a Canadian or U.S. passport and like, yeah. okay. So like you reclaiming saying no to the other passports is you reclaiming your rights as an indigenous person. Right. Okay. I had no right. idea that that related also to lacrosse. That's really cool to find yeah. out. And so like what, how can people support your journey, your journey moving forward? Are there games that they can check out? What's next for you? We just got done the world games in San Diego, but obviously we have our Haudenosaunee um, uh, website. Obviously I think there's a lot of donations and just to watch and see where things are going because we have our world free lacrosse games. And there's our, our world uh, indoor games that are coming up next summer in Ithaca, New York, which is close by our Onondaga Nation territory. Uh, so that's coming up next summer. And there's just always, I think we'll just have to check the online. There's lots of stuff online, but you just check out the Haudenosaunee uh, Nationals, uh, men's and women's, you'll, you know, you'll be able to be updated with where our younger, younger boys and girls are and obviously our men's and women's programs. So in a long sense, you know, to kind of make this all around lacrosse is really are keeping our identity as people alive, I guess, at the world stage level and just kind of making it's it's helping out, I guess, at the political side of things when it comes to our people fighting politically. Well, and so. I know on this podcast, we've talked a lot about brotherhood and we've talked a lot about your brothers, but I'm curious because it is the matriarch movement podcast, like what does the word matriarch mean to you? And are there matriarchs that you're currently inspired by? I think matriarch movement to me, when I think about that, I think about our culture and, and what our women represent and what they symbolize, going back to how they have created life and how they're able to give life. And I think back to how that is unbalanced in, in this world, in this lifetime. Our women are starting to, our men and women are starting to come up to become strong individuals, you know, to voice themselves. They can see things and feel things. Um, and I think that's just becoming more you know, evident in our communities. Um, obviously, you're, you know, you're a huge part of that, you know, and a lot of the things and a lot of the works that you do um, in, in bringing women's movements up and just different projects. So, yeah, I think back to just our, our old way of thinking of how we followed the women. We were inclusive with the women. Our men worked cohesively with our women uh, to have them have option and opinion in 
whatever the subject was in life. You know, like I mentioned in the past, I, I just feel, um, you know, so, so honored uh, to be a part of anything like this to, for the better goodment of our, our people and our next generation of kids coming up. Thank you. Hi, hi for listening to the show. If you like the podcast, check your podcast app now to make sure you're subscribed. I'm Shayla Olette Stonechild. You can find me along with more info on Matriarch Movement on Instagram at Shayla0H. And my podcast producer is Katie Lore. And I'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>